can stand against the name of Jesus? Nothing. 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 Not one thing. Man, that sounds good when you say it in this song, but can you prove it? Absolutely. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. He says this. Well, let me see. He said, don't start at 9, start at 5. Okay, I'm going to start at 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Never said God humbled him. It never said God humbled him. It says he humbled himself. It never says God humbled him. Newsflash, God will not humble you either. If you pray and say, God humble me, that is not scriptural. The word says, humble yourself, which is a decision. Moving on. He humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself and then was obedient. He humbled himself. And then he was able to be obedient. But he became obedient unto even the death of the cross. As a result of him doing all those things, making himself a no reputation, took it on the form of a man, humbling himself and becoming obedient as a, as a result of Jesus doing all those things. It says, wherefore, as a result of all those things, God has highly exalted him. And giving him a name or an authority, which is above every other name or an authority that at the name of Jesus. Just pause. Just take your time right there with that. At the name of who? Jesus. Who? Jesus. At the name of Jesus. Every knee. That's Corona. That's depression. That's poverty. That's sickness. That's lack. That's disease. That's confusion. At the name of Jesus, all those things will bow. And every tongue at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Oh, let me tell you where every knee is going to bow at. So y'all so y'all say it's not just here in church. Every knee will bow of things in heaven, things on the earth, things under the earth. That's all, all three realms. Heaven, earth, under the earth. What's going to happen? Every knee will bow. There's no name. If it has a name, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. Any sickness and disease that you're experiencing in your body, it bows to the name of Jesus. If you got, oh, that's good. Rheumatoid arthritis. Doctor says you've been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, that's a name. Rheumatoid arthritis, I'm going to demonstrate. Rheumatoid arthritis, 
You are named. And according to Philippians chapter 2 and verses 9 to 10, that Jesus has been given a name which is above every name. So rheumatoid arthritis, you bow to the name of Jesus. I give you no place in my body whatsoever. In fact, get your hands off my body. This body is under new management. Did y'all see that? What'd you say? Do it again, Rita. Got you. All right. Rita says, say it again. All right. This is what Rita, Rita, just, just for you. He said, Jesus has been given a name, which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue, doesn't matter if you believe, don't believe, say, I believe in, 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 in uh, Buddha. I believe in Harry, Harry Krishna. I believe in all this other. It don't matter because there is coming a day sooner than you think that every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. But in the meanwhile, while it's still called today, those who believe this will go and say, okay, this does not line up with what the kingdom of God says. So this is what we're going to do. Rheumatoid arthritis, I'm speaking to you. And I'm telling, and you put, you talk to your body because your body's like a little child to do whatever you tell it to do. I'm telling you, rheumatoid arthritis, you bow to the name of Jesus. You have no place. You have no legal right in my body. Get off of me because this body is under new management. This body is under the management of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. And you expect it to happen. Don't say I say one thing and then rest the oh this is my this is what this is what people say. Pray for me, Pastor. Okay, so cast it off, right? Then they walk out. My rheumatoid, my arthritis, my bunions. So what did you just do? You just took ownership and said, you know what. He told you to get out, but come on back in. He's he, he gone now. That mean guy, he gone. That's what people do in the body of Christ. And that, it, 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 it baffles me. How in the world do you send out of that much word, you getting that much instruction, and you still walk out like, like duh. No. Hey, I, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to show you today how that happens. Jesus gave you authority if you're in the body of Christ. He gave you authority. But you refuse to use your authority because you are so busy parroting what the world talks about. Who have you helped by doing that? You want to know who? You want me to tell you? The adversary. You have not helped anybody. In fact, can, can, can we talk? If there's anything, you pissing people off. People get people get mad. They see you coming, they PO. When they see you, you ain't even said nothing yet because they know what you're coming with. If you came to me with that same mess, you if I was at, at that level, you probably make upset me too. Guess what? Time out. It's time out today. It's gonna change today. Up in here, up in here, it's gonna change today up in here you either gonna get filled or get grilled i mean it is it, it, those are the only two options you got today 
Something is either going to be, ooh, that's good, Lord. Something is either going to ignite like a fire on the inside of you or it's going to burn you up. Because we ain't playing church. We never played church before. But if you, if you thought we was out there before, buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I told y'all. How many years I've been here, Join? Five? I told y'all five. I didn't know y'all did. But I told them five years ago, I did not come 1,300 miles to play church. I didn't play church where I was at. I show in the heck. I ain't playing church up here. Are y'all ready? So what did he say? At the name of Jesus. Every knee bows. Every tongue confess. Every name, at the name of Jesus, every name, regardless of what it is, it bows. It bows. It doesn't have a choice. How do you know that? Because it says in James chapter 4, verse 7, if you submit to God, you resist the devil, he will Flee. You know what that word flee means? Run and stalk terror. Why? Because when he hears you, he sees Jesus. When you talking what Jesus taught. But if you talking all that, nobody knows. This is happening. And this person is doing this. And this person is doing that. And this person is doing that. And this is this. And this is this. Then I'd be like, shut up. What did Jesus say? I don't know. So you spent so much time studying what they had to say, and you didn't take the same amount of time, a greater time, to find out what God had to say about that same situation, and you're wondering why? Well, I don't know why all this stuff is going on. I can tell you. Your focus is off. You're, you're focused on the wrong thing. And you hurting people. And doggone it, I'm tired of it. You hurt people. You wounded them. You're destroying their lives. And Jesus did not come here for that. He didn't come here for that. And I'm not going to tolerate it. So I'm the last person you want to talk to about a whole bunch of mess if you don't tell me what the solution is. Anybody can talk about the problem. It takes somebody who has boldness to talk about the answer and then go do it. But don't talk to me about that problem if you ain't going to just talk to me. You got 13.5 minutes to talk to me about the issue. 13.5 is a clock. It's an internal clock. I don't mean it's an internal clock. 13.5 minutes to talk to me about the problem. And then we're going to spend the next 46.5 minutes talking about the solution. Can I get one witness who's ever had counsel for a month? That's what we do. That's what we do. I'm not gonna sit here and let you bleed. <laughs> Shut up. We understand the problem. Let's talk about the solution. <laughs> don't, you, don't you care about my feelings? No. Cause people hurting. People are broken. 
people are broken. We had opportunity to spend time with family this week, had a nice little brunch breakfast, learned about maple syrup and all that good stuff. And you know what it reminded me of? The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel. We had communion. We went to church. We talked about the Passover and why you apply the blood of Jesus over your house and what it represents. And then we had communion. God showed up. You know who it blessed? Everybody in the house. You know who it really blessed? Us. Focusing on the real thing, issue. Somebody asked me, and we, somebody asked me about the, about the about the vaccine. Some people call it a jab or whatever you want to call it. For some people, they asked me, hey, my faith is this. this facts say this. Facts for it, facts against it. For some people say, I don't take the vaccine because I believe God. Some people say, I take the vaccine because I believe God. Some people say, hey, I believe that by my faith, because I stand on the word of God, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, I believe I can do it without the vaccine. Some people will say, because my faith in the word of God, I believe with the vaccine, I can still, it could be used as a vehicle for my healing. What do I tell you? Be led. Because if your faith is not where my faith is, and I tell you that I have not helped you, I just created fear. What's going to happen to that person? If their faith is not where your faith is, and you tell them that, they are going to die. Because in their mind, what they already believe is the vaccine is what God is going to use to heal me. Whether you agree, don't agree, doesn't matter if that's where the person is at. Do you understand? It doesn't matter what you believe if that person doesn't believe the same thing you believe. If you don't give them any other solution other than tell them the problem, you are part of the problem because you didn't give them any answer. I'm going to tell you, this is what happened. If you give, if the government gives you facts, what they call facts, which, hint, hint, fact. And then you go back and give them fact based off of information that you have. You're still dealing with the same thing, facts. But did you give them the truth? Did you give them the, the truth? And the truth is, according to John 17, 17, is Lord, Jesus prayed this for the disciples. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if you did not give them the word and you just gave them facts, you didn't change anything. Because they're still in their head. The truth is in their heart. The truth is what goes in their heart to turn their heart. Now you ask me, my mom called me 
because she was she was going to take the vaccine. I listened to what the Holy Ghost said. She asked me what was my position. I told her. She said, "This is what I this is what I'm going to do, and this is why." I knew by the spirit, her mind was already made up. She'd already made a decision. She was just calling to let me know. So if I go at her, did I help or hurt her? I didn't. Mom, I love you. I'll support you. But guess what I did when I got off the phone? Well, I was on the phone talking to her. This is what the Bible says about it. But if you believe that the vaccine will help you, that's your decision. I can't, God did not tell me to control her decision. He said, give her the truth. When she was going to dip, go take the vaccine, my mama, who I love, only a second to my wife. My mama could call me right now. I'll leave y'all right now. Doug, you got it. I got to go. My mama, I love my mama. I'm not a mama's boy, but I love my mama. What did I start doing for my mother? The moment she told me that that was what she's going to do. No weapon formed against her shall prosper. I began to declare the word of God over her. Guess what happened when she took the first shot? She said she was sore in the arm for a little bit, but she had no side effects. Then she told me she was going to take the second one. Then my mom. And I know my position, my thoughts, all the information I've been, I have access to. What did I do? I went, I did the exact same thing. Lord, what do I do concerning this? Pray because this is what she believes. What did the Bible say? According to your faith, be it unto you. So if you just bombard people with a bunch of data and a bunch of information, but you don't give them the truth, you have not helped them. You have hurt that person. And I'm telling you, by the spirit of God, you got to stop because you are going to be held accountable for that. If you if you if you're upset, it's OK. I love you anyway. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care if it, it don't matter because. I'm watching people get hurt. They people, can we can we talk? Matthew six. Matthew six says this. He says this. Verse 24 says this, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise or lightly esteem the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Now, most people talk about mammon and they think they just talking about money, but it's not. Mammon is a God. And what Mammon says is, I can give you all the benefits of God without God. So when you're talking to people about 
issues, when they, and if they are yielding themselves to the spirit of mammon and they have yielded themselves to the point where they're bowing down to it and all they believe, all their money, all their resources, all their health and all that stuff is gonna come by this system. And then you come and tell them your system is wrong, but you don't tell them about the system that you are operating according to you have done them a disservice. And the first thing they're gonna do is they're going to cling, because that's what it says, you will love the one and hate the other. You will hold, cling to the other and lightly esteem the other. You can't serve God and mammon. And what people are doing in the world, in the church, are yielding to the spirit of mammon so when you say, if you don't take this vaccine, I'm gonna take your job. What's the first thing that happens? Fear. Cause they don't know what else to do. Cause that's all they know. But you're not telling them about the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things. And you wonder why they give you so much pushback. I'm helping you understand that today. That's why I'm telling you, it's time to stop. Either give the solution or respectfully, God bless you, I love you, I'm going to tell you, shut up. Because you're hurting people, you're not helping them. You got, what did Jesus do? Can anybody tell me, show me one time Jesus talked about the problem. He only gave the solution. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now somebody who who believes they're theoretical. Oh, Jesus talked about the problem all the time. You and the devil both are alive. That's not true. He talked about the kingdom. Go back, read your Bible. What did Paul talk about? The kingdom. What did John the Baptist talk about? The kingdom. What is prophecy supposed to point to? Talked about Jesus. Jesus talked about the kingdom. What are you supposed to, what did Jesus tell the disciples before he went to the cross? The kingdom of God is hand, go out and tell the people. What did he tell the disciples after they came back from the cross? The kingdom of God is still at hand, go and tell them about the kingdom. The cross was, had to be, there had to be a payment for sin. Cross was the method. The cross was the method. See, we confuse the end we, we confuse the, the, the mission with the method. The mission was to restore the kingdom. The method was through the cross. Do y'all see that? The okay, let me slow down. The mission was to restore the kingdom. The method was through the cross. Why? Because the price had to be paid for the sin. Who did Jesus talk to about the cross? The disciples. Did he, when he was out in public, who? What did did? What did, can tell me when he talked about the cross? Anybody? He didn't. He only talked to the disciples about I must go to the cross. Because the cross, the shed blood, is going to be for the remission, not the atonement, the remission of sin. So if the, if the mission was to restore the kingdom,
and you preach the method and never preach the mission, you have done the people a disservice because you didn't, you didn't help them. That's why you see so many people who might come to the altar, give their life to the Lord and turn right back around and go back out into the world because you only taught them about the method. You never taught them about the mission. You never taught them about how to live this thing out. So what are they gonna do? Go back to what it is that they know. Do y'all see that? Is that in y'all Bible? Now, Pride will say, I don't receive that. It doesn't affect me at all. Because Jesus said that would happen too. When he talked about the sower, sowing the word, because he was teaching the disciples about what? The kingdom. He said, and when you start talking about the kingdom, you're going to have people who are going to say, I don't receive it. The adversary is going to come immediately and try to take away the word that was sown in your heart. How is he going to do it? Through your pride. I know more than that. I don't receive that. So-and-so did this. So-and-so. I don't care what so-and-so do. I don't care what I say. I only care what the word says. Jesus is not schizophrenic. Neither is God. Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. This is how you're going to win the world. This is, this, this, this is how you go do it. This is how you go do it. This is how, and he demonstrated what he said. And he changed the whole world. He said the same thing. Hey, this is what I need. Revival, which means to restore that which was once alive. It died, and now I'm going to resurrect it. This is, how we, this is how I'm going to do it this time. That's not going to work. You want me to tell you who's wrong? You. And why am I so passionate about this? Because I'm tired of seeing people get broken up, particularly when we, we misrepresent Christ, when we do that. That is not God. That's just mean-spirited. If you bombard people and you wonder why they won't receive from you, I won't receive from you. If you come at me like that, man, kick bricks, I'm gone. I just walk away. You might be still talking. And I walked away. Like, don't you think that's rude? Not at all. You think I'm going to let you pollute me with your garbage? Absolutely not. This is not Jones' uh, salvage yard. I will walk away. God bless you. I just can't receive. You know what? Hey, boo, 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 boo. The Lord is telling me it's time for me to leave. You, it's a Lord, but it's not the Lord. It's called the God of Mammon. What do we say we're supposed to do? We're Ignite Depot. What does Ignite mean? To set a blaze, to rekindle the fire, which means to restore back to life that which was dead. At some point in time, y'all was all on fire. Couldn't y'all would talk to the doorknob if the doorknob looked at you the right way? Oh, you want Jesus to receive it right? <laughs> receive it right now. And now I'm so educated and I'm so proper. And I have so much intellect. I cannot tell you peasants about the Lord because I have, I figured it out. Let me help you. You did not figure out. The only thing you figured out, can I tell you? Can I tell you? The only thing you figured out, you stuck on stupid. Because he says, the foolish, God uses the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. And all of us have been stuck on 
plastic. It was stuck on just being concrete cranium, hard headed. We thought we thought we knew. In a time talking to the family this week, we talked about how it, even in our nation of Canada, there is a province I would call it. It's a it's a plantation because it has a the province has a poverty mentality. They're cool with you being on welfare. God's not. Is there anything wrong with people on welfare? No, but if it is, is, does, is welfare was actually supposed to just be a solution until they could get people to this, to the, to the answer. But people got stuck and they never moved any further than that. But you got the truth of God's word that can get people from the plantation to the penthouse. And you won't tell nobody. You're just saying, you own the plantation. You own the plantation. Okay, Captain Obvious, we got it. You own the, you own the plantation. Yeah, you own the plantation. Like, duh, got that. I, that's all I want to tell you. You own the plantation. You're going to hell if you don't change your life. You're going to hell. But you never said, God loves you. He loved you so much, he demonstrated Jesus. He said, Jesus, he loves you so much. God loves you. It's not his desire for you to be sick. It's not, it's not his desire for you to be broke. It's not his desire for your family to be torn from the floor. It's not his desire. He sent Jesus to deliver you from it. Whew. God says, Enough's enough. Enough's enough. And, I'm, and I've been, you may ask the question, when do we start prepping for next week's service? The moment we say amen. The queen would tell you, go home, eating lunch. Start working on next week's message. And go through the whole week. Study and prepare, study, prepare. And I asked God questions. And then when I came this morning, he's like, will you follow me? Absolutely. This is what I want you to tell them, tell my people, because I've had enough. See, this is what's gonna happen. And you can, no matter how many rocks you throw, I'm gonna tell you, this is what's gonna happen. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he says, I'm taking you into your promised land. That was God's will for them. Would everybody agree? That's God's will, that they go into the promised land. Did they get into the promised land? Who prevented them from getting to their promised land? Who's going to prevent you from getting to your promised land? You want to know why? Because you made a decision to do it his way. The second group, only difference between the first group and the second group is the second group made a decision. I'm going to do it your way. So what did God do? He trained up a Joshua mm -hmm. to take them into their promised land, mm -hmm. to take them across the Jordan. Joshua. 
Joshua. Anybody who wants to go can go, but we're going to do it God's way. If you don't want to do it God's way, this may not be the ship, your ship, but we're going to do it God's way. How, did, how long have you known that you was called to be a Joshua? For 15 years? How long have you been training to be a Joshua? For 15 years? I refuse to, I have a mentality. I don't, I refuse to leave a man on the field. But then God got on me this week because I said that exact same thing to him. And you know what he said? Your responsibility is to give them my word, but you cannot do their believing for them. Cause I'm calling my wife, cause I'm crying out to God, Lord, what is the deal? Your responsibility is to give them the word. You can't do their believing for them. But I don't want them to be lost. Lord, if they stay in that state, they're going to be lost. And that, that is not your responsibility. I did not tell you to do that. Jesus said, let me show you what I did. I gave them the word. And whosoever believed it got the results. Many people heard it. Not everybody received it. So Moses had one way that he led, but Joshua had a warrior mentality. Same God, same Holy Spirit. Do you remember when they was getting ready to cross the Jordan? Did you see that angel that was standing there with the sword? Are you for us? I guess he was like, I'm for whoever's on the Lord's side. This we have Joshua mentality. We going in to possess the land. In fact, we've already begun to cross over the Jordan. And if you go, you either going to go across or you going to get stuck on the other side, but we going across with or without. So we have, what you say, Rita, draw the line in the sand. So if you know that you, oh, that's good, Lord. Lift your hands up before the Lord. Because the anointing of God is here. The anointing of God is here. The anointing of God is here. Receive it. Every burden removed, every yoke destroyed because of the anointing. Every burden removed, every yoke destroyed because of the anointing. See, God said in Psalms 107 and 20, I sit forth my word and I heal them all and I deliver them out of all destruction. So whatever situation, circumstances going on in your life right now, that's causing pain, causing destruction, that's, that requires healing, Father, I release the anointing 
on each and every one under the sound of my voice that the burden be removed, the yoke is destroyed, be healed, be delivered, be made whole, be free. We break the shackles and chains off of you right now. The anointed of God is here to break the shackles and chains off of you right now. Refuse to walk out with it. See, I receive the anointing upon me, which removes every burden and destroys every yoke right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just, 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 just rest in it. 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 Glory to God. 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 Yep, yep. You're the good of the people who are 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 the Glory to God. Oh, Father, by faith we receive it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Proverbs 3 says this, verse 11 says, My son, despise not the chastening or correcting of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loves. Whom the Lord loves, whom the Lord loves, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Why does God correct us? Because he loves us. because he loves us. I won't get, I don't get upset when God corrects me. I would be concerned if he never did. Who the Lord loves, he corrects. How does he correct you with his word? No, he can put sickness and disease on you. No, you don't. You can open yourself up to sickness and disease, but it's not coming from him.
How do you know? <clears throat> I'm going to show it to you. Second Timothy chapter three says this verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. So we're talking about the Holy Scriptures. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, he's talking about the Holy Scriptures. What do the Scriptures do? The Scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So how does God correct? Let me see if I can read it out of this one. How does God correct? Because what is happening is the, the, the church has allowed the world to redefine how God corrects them. God uses sickness and disease. A lot of times the, work, the church, God uses, he going to put this cancer on you to teach you something. What if you die before you learn a lesson? He going to let your children go out there and, and, and be like prodigal sons and daughters so he can, he can get them back in their later life. Who, now, who told the, the son to go out there? He was the prodigal. He's not the prodigal no more. Why do you say he's not the prodigal anymore? Because he returned. You know how we say the woman with the issue of blood? She had the issue of blood. She don't have it no more. So I'm reading 2 Timothy chapter 3 out of the Amplified. It says this, and verse 14 says, but as you continue to hold the things that you have learned of which you are convinced, knowing from whom you learned them and how from your childhood you have had a knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to instruct you and to give you understanding for salvation, which comes through, and that word salvation is, Sozo, which is healing, which is deliverance, which is wholeness, which is prosperity. All those things come through faith in Jesus Christ, through the learning of the entire human personality of God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. Here we go. Verse number 16. Second Timothy chapter three. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and is profitable or good for you, for your benefit, for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness 
and holy living in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action. So when I got the word of God, what is it going to do if I continue in it? It's going to make you profitable. If you keep going on your own intellectual highway, what are you going to be? You're not going to be profitable. Because, that's good, Lord. He says, because you will have what's known as mingled seed. You will have part word, part world, and you put them both together and you expect that to get God's result. I'm going to help you. You will never see it. And you will be frustrated. But he's telling you, this is why you're not seeing the results that you desire to see because you're not doing it my way. So if I was to give this message a title, which I don't even think I got to that part, is time out. Time out. It's time out for all that other stuff. It's time out for that heaven. You can't, you can't talk against the world and you talk just like the world. They, 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 they doing this, they doing that, they doing this, they doing that. And if I come and ask you, okay, got that, what you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to go tell them what they're doing is wrong. Duh. Okay, how's that working out? Did you give them the truth? Well, no. So what makes them free? Because you're giving them data, information. He's saying, I told you to give them truth. Because what does it say? What happens when you give them the truth? <clears throat> it's profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness. So if somebody gets born again today and you start giving them a whole bunch of facts about this situation, or they don't know, you go back, you talk about, I want to see a revival in the nation and Holy Spirit start moving. They don't have a clue what that is because you got good, good energy. It's good energy and this is just karma. And this is why all these things are happening. And I'm worshiping the moon and whoo, and I'm doing all kinds of crazy things. So they're going to attest it to the craziness that they've been doing it. And you sitting there like, I don't know why they're doing the stuff that they do because you have not told them anything different. How do I know? Because where I used to live at when we first got here, they worship everything. Moon, coyotes. I mean, body parts. I mean, I'm not, y'all know what I'm talking Yeah, rocks, everything else out there. I, I'm, I'm, I wish I was exaggerating. I'm not. And I'm talking about in 2021 is going on. So how, if you see a wave of revival, which by the way has already started, whether you believe it or not, doesn't change the fact that it already has. You are a result of revival. Your spirit man was dead. It was resurrected back to life. Guess what that's called, ladies and gentlemen? Revival. When God is telling preachers, okay, I need you to preach this word about the kingdom of God. And guess what? Out of 85 pastors that we talked to, you know what message they are all hearing? 
kingdom, get out of that church mindedness, get into the kingdom mindedness, kingdom mindedness, when are they hearing it? Every single day. Do you know about all that going on? No. But if you saying revival hasn't started, revival hasn't started. Do do do. Yes, it has. It started. It just don't look like what you think it should look like. Cause if you the whole nation starts revival and you still stuck in that death cycle, you won't. Oh, that's good. He says you will miss it. Remember on the day of Pentecost. Everybody talks about the day of Pentecost. There was like cloven tongues of fire over their heads. And the Holy Spirit dropped, bam, on the 120. And they began, what did they start doing when the Holy Spirit dropped? He started teaching. He didn't just sit there, I'm going to keep it to myself. He didn't do that. What did he do? He started preaching. What did he start preaching? Anybody tell me? Kingdom. Kingdom. He also talked about Joel chapter two. Today, this has been fulfilled because it was prophesied that this was going to happen. And when he dropped that and he started preaching to them, what happened? Anybody tell me? 3,000 people was revived that day. One message, 3,000 people. Well, that was then. Do they have like a, a, a Holy Ghost 0, 0.0 extra special, extra sauce, and you got like a downgraded version? No, same Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Only difference is, is they believed what they read. They believed or heard. They didn't even read it. Mm -hmm. They believed what they heard. They did what they believed. If I want to know what you really believe, you can talk all that other good stuff. Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. You can talk all that other stuff if you want to. How do I know if you really believe it? Are you doing it? Jesus even said this. They would say, hey, your brother, your mother and your brothers want to see you. Jesus said, my brothers and my mother are those who believe my word and do it. It's tight, but it's right. How does he do it? By his word. How does the kingdom of God operate? By the word. It doesn't operate by you telling them facts. Facts don't change nothing. Truth does. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. John chapter 8, 32, and that's where we're ending. And you shall know, intimately know, intimately know the truth. And the truth will make. When you give them the truth, the truth is going to make them free. I'm going to tell you how I know. When we spend time with our family, one of our family members, hey, they just real with it. So, they sometimes fly with certain words and everything, right? We was around our family member. You know what happened while I was there? I can count on one hand and, and not use all my fingers how many times 
they did that this time. Do you know who said something to them about it? Nobody. It's just the word, the word, the word. Do y'all see that? The word is doing the work. He gives us the word, God does the work. He gives us the words, God does the work. Do y'all see that? Jesus said that. I only say what my father says to say. I only do what my father says to do. But don't, if you don't believe me for my words, believe me for the actions. God, God gives me the words, but he's the one who does the action. So it's not for you to try to figure out how he's going to do it. All your responsibility is do what he told you to do. And that's to go tell people the kingdom of God, our God's way of doing things is available to you. You don't have to settle for this because God's way of doing things is available to you. But if they don't receive it, don't get mad at them and stop talking to them. Water that seed that was sown. Water that seed that was sown. Give them an option. Because right now you're just giving them back. Give them options. So when you pray in the spirit, and you asking God to give you a rhema word, it may not come out the way that you wanted to receive it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's God's rhema word. Because I can show you my notes. This is not the message that he gave me this morning. I got this between the house and here. That's called be led by Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you prepare, but you let him dictate how it's going to go. Is anybody blessed? Anybody delivered? Anybody made whole? Then the Holy Spirit did his job because I am merely an instrument just like you. Amen? Amen. So if this is your very first time watching, glory to God. Welcome to the Ignite Depot. We are not churchy, but we are members of the body of Christ. I don't teach you a bunch of do's and don'ts. I will teach you what the word says and how you apply for your everyday life. Why? Because we're representing God to ignite life and purpose within our own generation. That's what we're here to do. And igniting means you gotta strike, strike, strike that match because it's something that already exists. It just needs that fan, that flame to be fanned. And that's what we're gonna do. Everything we do is gonna be built around it. Everything. And guess what? Newsflash, we already crossed over Jordan. We we're possessing our land. We're not gonna do it in words only, but we're gonna do it in deed. That we're gonna make the gospel of the, of the kingdom of God so attractive, people are gonna be chasing us down to try to find out how do I learn how to do it? How do I get in the kingdom? And then how do I learn how to operate according to the kingdom? Because the world system 
The Bible says you can't pray this away. The Bible says Jesus prophesied that in the end, the world system is destined to fall. And if you have not taught them how to operate according to the kingdom, you have done them a disservice because he's telling you what to do so you can go help them. When would the world see how essential that the church is? When they see us all coming together in unity. They said that Jesus said that's when they will believe that God sent me. When they see you all operating on one accord. We're talking to other pastors here in, in Ontario and also in Quebec about relational unity. Does that mean that we all agree on every single point? No. Do Jesus Lord? Yep. Kingdom of God? Yep. He went to the cross? Absolutely. Cool. The blood was shed? Hey, hallelujah. Glory. I'm good. You want to wear white on Sunday? You want to have first communion on the first Sunday? We have it on. We have it all the time, whatever, whenever, whatever Sunday. We do it at home too. But if you, if you, go, oh, cool. But I'm not going to let those, those little differences. You believe in praying in the Holy Spirit? Praise God. You don't believe in praying in the Holy Spirit? That's your choice. But I'm not going to have difference with you because you don't believe exactly like me. So, I'd like to give you an opportunity to enter to the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter three, he says this, except you be born again, you cannot even see or comprehend what the kingdom of God is all about. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that today. It says here in Romans chapter 10, verses eight, nine and 10, that the word of God is near you, is even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, healed, delivered, made whole. I'd like to give you an opportunity to enter to the kingdom of God with us today. Or maybe you have entered into the kingdom of God or you may have been born again. But man, I, I never learned about this whole kingdom of God thing. All I know about was Jesus and him going to the cross. That was the method. <laughs> the kingdom was the mission. Here at Ignite Depot, we are mission-minded because we are kingdom-minded. So just repeat this prayer after me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. You ain't got to say it all out. If your mama's sitting next to you, you don't want to hear it or hear how the fact you've given your life back to the Lord because you know she's going to ride you like a mule once she knows you did. Then just repeat it. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father. in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now. I repent of sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with a Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm a child of the Most High God. Right now, in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. So hallelujah, hallelujah. So if you pray that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Now, that's just the starting point. It's kind of like when a woman gives birth to a baby. The baby comes out, baby don't know anything about this new world because all they've known is the world of the womb that they've been, in, uh, been living in. So when you give birth, what has to happen? You have to feed that baby. You have to clothe that baby. You have to nurture that baby. And those are all things that we as pastors and leaders are, are, are responsible for doing. We're supposed to nurture you to help you grow up into things of God so you can mature, so you can begin to do the works of the ministry. Work of the ministry does not, it is not only limited to what you do inside the four walls. Work of the ministry is what you do, kind of like our family members was doing when we was having breakfast and we were doing communion and all that. All that was part of works of the ministry. What was happening? Iron was sharpening iron. Do you know what also happened? There was an impartation during that time. And someone was, was drawn back to what they had forgotten. You talk about how, how revival happened. It, it reminded them of something they let slip when it was a child. When did, it, when did it come to reality? While we was having communion. Because they said it. I was like, whoa, Lord, you are so smooth. So you need a word-based church. Ignite Depot is that place for you. Glory to God. So if you want to, if hey, we'd love to have you join us again next week. Watch this video again because I guarantee you, you heard, but you didn't hear. You saw, but you didn't see. Why? Because if you in university, you got to hear something more than one time before you really get it. Now we're so intellectual, I could just get it one time. I ain't took the first note. I got it, Lord. And before you get from here to your car, you don't forget everything. Because you're thinking about the roasters you left at home. Man, they better clean that room up. I'm, uh, what's going to go on to work tomorrow? Your mind has been bombarded and you just got pickpocketed by the thief. You got to listen to it again. And if you call me and tell me what's going on with you, you know what I'm gonna say? Did you go back and listen to the message? Messages. And if you tell me no, I'm like, call me when you when you get when you get finished. Because I have already, the Lord has already told you what to do. We love you. We thank God for you. So on behalf of Sister Jewett and the Tar Ignite family. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next week. God bless you. Have a good week. Bye-bye.